the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's 1101, and we are back for the final hour of the show. So good to have you here. Our phone number, 303-696-1971, 696-1971. Keep the text messages rolling in. That free-to-download 710-CAN-US app, the best way to listen to 710-CAN-US, including our podcasts 24 hours a day, anywhere you have an Internet connection. Without further ado, I want to get to our next guest. What a life Dick Morris has led from uh, being a friend and advisor to Bill Clinton when he was governor, a political advisor then to the White House after Clinton became president of the United States, a close friend and advisor to uh, past and future President Donald J. Trump. His new book, The Return, Trump's Big 2024 Comeback. Dick Morris joins us here in Denver. Dick, good morning. I, I just got off the phone with Trump. We spoke for about 10 minutes. Um, he's fired up. He's outraged at what they're doing to him. Um, and he's really uh, he's really loaded for bear. It was great to hear from him like that. Yeah, this I, I think this move, this politically motivated move um, from Joe Biden through Merrick Garland, uh, DOJ, FBI out to Mar-a-Lago is really going to backfire because nationwide uh, yeah. the polling says people do not appreciate this move. Well, they feel it's politically motivated, which God knows it is. Uh, but I don't think that they or we, his supporters, understand the depth of what's going on here. And it's why I wrote this book, The Return. Uh, I hope that our people read it and damn near memorize it because it's it lays out, it predicted this and lays out what's going to happen. The Republican, the Democrats have decided they cannot beat Trump at the ballot box. It's a fundamental realization they've had as a result of Trump's victories, victory after victory, week after week, in all of these primaries. And they realize that they can no longer get a DeSantis or Haley or Cruz or anybody into the presidential race to primary Trump. Most, they get Cheney or something, and she wouldn't count. And they know that Trump is going to get the Republican nomination. And they know that given the economy, he's likely to win. And even the most optimistic of them would have to agree that there's a real likelihood that he'd win. So they have decided not to take him apart at the ballot box, but to defeat him in the courts. And they've decided to to weaponize the IRS and the FBI and all of the government to try to take him down so he can't run for president. The pursuit of the archives is purely a pretext. Nobody gives a damn about the archives. What they're after is they wanted to break into Mar-a-Lago legally so that they could go through all of his documents. They were there for nine hours and that they can find every little scrap of paper and see if they could put together a case that the January 6th riot was in fact an insurrection against the government. Uh, and uh, if they can, and if they can sell a New York City or Washington DC grand jury composed entirely of Democrats on that line, they can indict him. And I think we have to realize that at some point, 
Donald Trump is going to be indicted. Uh, that won't knock him out of the race. We'll all support him because we'll understand that it's just, just as phony as the impeachments were. But, uh, but they're going to try it. And um, the reason they're going to do that is the 14th Amendment provides that if a person is found to, was an insurrection against the American government, he can be barred from holding public office. And they're going to take this riot by a couple of people who got out of hand and try to say this is an insurrection against the government, the only unarmed insurrection in world history. And, um, and they're going to try to make that stick. And while they're doing that, they're going to make this, try to make this archive case stick. And because there is no, re the, the archive law says that if you mishandle the archives or you deliberately withhold them, and they can prove that it was malicious, that you cannot hold public office again. And, but that's a statute, you know, that's, that's just a law. And the Constitution lays out the requirements for being president, and it doesn't say not getting arrested or indicted. So you can't impose by statute something that, that's in the con that, that beyond the Constitution. And we're so that'll so that'll fail. Yeah. And Trump will not. And Trump will. Uh, and the court will rule that January. The appellate court will throw out any indictment. But we have to understand that's what we're going to go through. That's the lengths they will go. And if I can borrow your time for another minute. Yeah, go ahead. The, the other half of this is the IRS expansion. Uh, they are expanding the IRS not to get revenue, but to deploy an army of 87,000 armed agents in the United States with the goal of finding and intimidating the Trump supporters and cowing them into silence. The way it's going to work is the same way it worked with the Tea Party in 2010. In 2010, they were riding strong. They won 62 seats in the House. But then by 2012, 2013, they were out of business. And the lowest learner in the IRS killed them by demands for audits and paperwork and all kinds of stuff uh, that overloaded their budget. They didn't have the lawyers to fight it, and they all went broke, and they folded. So what's going to happen is the agents are going to go to each of our homes, and particularly people making less than 25000 reported income because they're looking for hidden income. And so they'll go after bodega owners, mom and pop stores, taxi drivers, Uber drivers, uh, individual entrepreneurs, and they'll say, look, you have a large cash income, and we think you're underreporting it, and here's the evidence we have or you deducted this business meal and this other stuff that you said was a business expense and we checked with the restaurant you ate alone so we could indict you on this stuff and we won't because we think you're you're a good guy but don't provoke us i mean don't what's that trump sign doing out on your lawn and that bumper sticker on your car i mean what that's in our face and for god's sakes don't let my boss know you went to a trump rally that just drives him ballistic, and God knows what he's going to do. So, you know, my only message to you, Mr. and Mrs. Taxpayers, be careful. Don't hurt yourself. Don't don't kill yourself. Be careful. And well, that's what they're going to do to try to intimidate us. Talking with and, uh, uh, Dick Morris. This is how they plan to keep in power. DickMorris.com is the website. The new book, The Return, Trump's Big 2024 Comeback. 
uh, a pretty extraordinary vision that you've laid out there. Let's let's go back a bit because the part about getting into Mar-a-Lago to try and find some documentation to support uh, Trump somehow planning uh, a air quotes insurrection um, makes an awful lot of sense when you look at the way the January sixth committee operated. They rolled out these right. big primetime Hollywood productions. Uh, the ratings were dismal. People thought it was one-sided nonsense and uh, really had no effect. So they, they had their big closing and then said, but we'll be back. We're going to be coming yeah. back, oh, maybe in September. And they're just hoping and praying that this FBI Mar-a-Lago raid will turn up something that they can use to actually yep. draw Trump into yep. their to their that's web of true, deceit. But, that's true, but that that's only a hearing. Uh, what they're really after is a grand jury. Uh, because they're not screwing around. Uh, they, you know, in Washington, D.C., in New York City, the grand juries are so Democrat, you could indict a Republican. You, you, could, you could indict a ham sandwich if it were a Republican. And uh, what they're going to do is lay out this evidence and work hard on getting an indictment against him. And they're going to make the case. They're going to make two cases. Okay, let me just get a little complicated here. One case is going to be that Trump led in, was involved in insurrection against the American government. Now, the problem with that case is they tried that on Madison Cawthorn, who was a congressman from Maryland, and uh, he was defeated, but he made it onto the ballot. And they were trying to knock him off the ballot on this 14th Amendment deal. And uh, the appellate court said, no, you can't do that, because 20 years after the 14th Amendment was passed, Congress passed an amnesty statute in the, in the 1880s saying that this could no longer be used to bar people from holding public office and was intended as a olive branch to the old Confederacy and it didn't bar Confederates anymore from serving in Congress. So they ruled that that applies and you can't use that to keep someone off the ballot. But it was a district court that can go up on appeal. The second grounds they're going to use is the, is the statute that says yeah, about the mishandling of archives says that if you conceal archives and you don't deliver and you deliberately do not turn them over, you can be barred from ever holding public office. But the problem with that is that it doesn't say president. It doesn't say uh, it, it's it's a statute. It's a law, and a law can't supersede the Constitution. And the Constitution lays out the requirements for being president, 35 years old, live in the U.S. for 14 years, native-born citizen, and so forth. And it does not say never indicted, never convicted. So uh, they'll fail in both of these. Trump will, will run, he will get the Republican nomination, he will win, and he will be the 47th president of the United States. I'm quoting what I just told him 20 minutes ago. But... You're going to have to go through this. This is what they're throwing at us. And I read, read my book, The Return, because I predict all of this and lay it out. And it's all happening now right in front of our faces. Yeah, it's fascinating. What, what were the signs or the insights that led you to be able to put – and I haven't read the book yet, so I don't know the level of specificity that you point to some of the progression of events that has gone on yet. Um, I will, and we'll have you back after I do. But uh, uh, what were you seeing that that allowed you to, um, you know, it sounds like you really well, predicted more, the sequence. Yeah, more because of what I saw they couldn't do. 
In other words, you know that they can do everything they can to defeat Trump. You know how desperate they are. In the book, I go into why, because he's stealing their vote, their base, their blue-collar vote, the Latino vote, the millennial vote. He's stealing all of that, and he's making huge inroads there, slipping them over. So they have to get rid of them. And I realized as I, as I was writing it and as events were playing out that that they are, the Democrats are going to understand that they cannot defeat Trump in a primary. Uh, uh, Winston Churchill once said, don't go into a land war with Japan in Asia because that's like going into the water to fight the shark. <laughs> that's, that's how the Democrats view going into a Republican primary to fight Trump. So if he, you know he's going to get the nomination and you know with this economy he's probably going to win the election. How else do you stop them? And this was the only way that they would think of. And then I put two and two together and realized what's going on here. Well, it's fascinating. And it's I think Trump has another rally this weekend, doesn't he? Something going yeah, on in Florida? he does. We spoke about it. No, in Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania. Very, very good. Yeah. Well, I, I do want to talk about uh, – we've got about five minutes left with our great guest, Dick Morris. DickMorris.com, the new book, The Return, Trump's Big 2024 Comeback. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about some of these Senate races with you, but you you talked yeah. about this, the IRS. Go ahead. But wait a minute, particularly, uh, you're in Denver, right? Yeah, we've got Joe yeah, Day. Particularly, particularly Mike Bennett, Marshall Bennett. Uh, the uh, O'Day, O'Day has a very good chance of beating him. Um, I did a poll in Colorado now about 10 days ago, and I asked people, has Bennett, done a good enough job to deserve re-election, or do you think someone else would be better? And he had 42% who said he's done a good enough job, and 47% who said somebody else would be better. Uh, hang on just one second. I'll be right back to you. Excuse me. Sure. Hey, the joys of live radio. But it's worth it uh, with Dick Morris. Uh, his perspective is interesting. I want to ask him about the IRS um, becoming, you know, foot soldiers of the Biden administration when he gets back. Hi, that was my uh, TV show twenty after. Very good. I was just fending him off. Yeah, um, thank you. So, so, um, well, we yeah, we talking about Bennett, uh, and and he can definitely be defeated, and I think that the Republicans are drawing the map too tight in saying there are only a handful of races they might win. I think they have a very good chance, not just of knocking off Kelly and Nevada and New Hampshire and uh, Raphael Warnock in Georgia. I think they also have a good shot at defeating Bennett. They have a shot at Patty Murray in Washington State. They have a good shot at Blumenthal in Connecticut. The thing that is crazy about this is that Mitch McConnell, who should be the cheerleader for the Republicans, is in fact running around saying that their chances are slim. And that dries up money, discourages people, and it's outrageous that he's doing it. And the reason he's doing it is malevolent. Uh, Trump and McConnell are fighting for control of the Republicans in the Senate. And Trump does not want McConnell to be the leader because he's such a weak leader. Trump just told me a few minutes ago that he could have stopped the whole IRS expansion by tying it to the debt limit and say, we won't raise the debt limit if you do this. And uh, he could have stopped it all. And uh, he feels McConnell is just too weak. And uh, the so what McConnell did 
was he put candidates of his own into each of these Senate races where the Republicans were challenging. And Trump had his own candidates, too, and they fought it out in a series of about 20 primary fights. And Trump was like 20 and 0. He beat McConnell in every one. So McConnell now is in a position where he realizes he has two alternatives. He can continue to be the minority leader if the Republicans don't win, or he could be out of a job if the Republicans do win because he won't be the majority leader. And the SOB is taking the second course. He's bad-mouthing the chances of the Republicans, which is wrong. These guys are going to win. They're waging very good races. Their polling looks great. The only thing that's not great is that majority leader is running out on them, and that's what's happening now. Dick, in the 90 seconds or so that we have left with you, tell folks who are disheartened by all of these early outlier polls that are coming out and are showing, you know, the red wave is is waning. What's happening is that the the Republican candidates have been through primaries. They've been through tough fights. Uh, Oz had a battle on his hands. Uh, Vance in Ohio had a big fight on his hands. All of them have had these struggles to get the nomination, largely against candidates McConnell put in there and funded to stop them. And they've overcome them, but they're divided and they're weakened. They've spent all their money. And they're now getting stronger. They're moving up in the polls. Uh, It's not even Labor Day yet. Uh, By mid-September, we'll have leads in all of those races. And uh, you just got to give these guys time to recover. Uh, and, and it's so what McConnell, he's went out and shot all of our candidates, wounded them. They lived. And now he's saying they're too weak to win. It's, it is, it's outrageous. And it's such BS. When I was on the uh, floor of the 2016 presidential convention and Mitch McConnell came walking by, I literally turned away. I just didn't want to shake his hand. Then I yeah. felt guilty when he got us this, you know, through the Supreme Court fights that went on. Uh, but yeah. but when you look back and look at the career and and, and look at where, what he's done for himself and his wife and against yeah. the principles of the Republican Party, it's time for Mitch to go. Yeah, it sure is. Well, well I, it's time for me to go. Yes, sir. And we thank you for the generosity of your time. I'll read the book and get you back. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. All right. It's Dick Morris, The Return, Trump's big 2024 comeback, dickmorris.com and bookstores everywhere. I uh, I had a whole list of questions and topics I wanted to get into with Dick, but you know, I tried to cut in a couple of times. But how do you interrupt? Uh, you just got to let the guy go. He's got some very interesting. I mean, who do you know that has more perspective, uh, more insider information about the way the Democrats roll? He helped get Clinton elected. Was in that White House, a close ally of Donald Trump's now. Very, very fascinating times we live in. But the overall message, one I've been pounding here, uh, contrary to mainstream belief, is um, MAGA is on the rise. America first is not going away. And everything that they're putting us through, you know, it just makes us tougher. I know we've got calls on the line. We'll try to get to everybody. Tig Tigan will join us here just before the end of the show so that we can talk one more time about tonight's event, Salute to America's Heroes, at the Infinity Park Event Center in Glendale, the International Ballroom. It starts at 5 o'clock. You can get tickets now for 50 bucks, even at the door, but you've got to make a connection with Debbie. So get your pen and paper. If you're interested in going and saving some money, I'll get you that phone number when we come back. And before we get back to calls, I started the top of the show saying I, I had two wonderful 
wonderful. I was just so happy this week and today riding the Harley and just smile singing. People looking at me, you know, got old guy on a Harley singing his heart out at the stoplight. Um, and I want to tell you why. Two amazing things that happened in my legal career just this week. So I hope you'll stay with us. 1121 at 710 KNUS. We're back on 710 KNUS, 1126. Randy Corcoran with you, 303-696-1971. Before we go back to the jam lines, Peter wants to talk about the move to later hours uh, starting on September 10th. I will be on at 5 p.m. Not ready for Peter yet, just setting up the calls. Um, And then Richard wants to talk about the Trump raid. But before we do that, just a couple of things. I have been so elated this week and um, just, I don't know, this – sense of elevation and um, I had a medical procedure on Thursday which knocked me out for the day but but setting that aside um, riding into this morning on the Harley uh, just I was literally singing at stop signs and people were looking at me and um, I kind of enjoyed that as well and I know part of it is my ongoing work with Cenogenics because you know we all understand that risk factors for a variety of diseases increase as we age because our hormones and our metabolism slow down And uh, when you boost those back up to optimal levels, it really helps you with your energy, your cognitive ability, sexual function, muscle tone, reducing body fat, so many things that are important to us if we want a high quality of life. And so my friends, Dr. McCallan and Dr. Watt at Cenogenics, they have the plan. They can help you get your metabolism, hormones balanced and healthy with their elite health evaluation. It's a free phone call to find out all about it. You'll learn so very much talking with either Julie or Tim And um, if you do go in, they'll take a detailed look at all of your body systems, brain, bones, muscles, heart, and lungs, and then provide a supervised plan to help you achieve those dreams again, losing weight, increasing muscle, sharper as you age. It's hard to believe, but it is possible. They're changing my life. I know they'll do the same for you. Their number is 720-387-3681-720-387-3681-the-website-denver.cenogenics.com-denver.cenogenics.com. That's not the only reason though that I have been feeling so elated. And um oh, I promised to give you the phone number for the discount tickets to tonight's Salute to America's Heroes. Call Debbie at 303 303- Seven four six eight one nine five seven four six eight one nine five. You can get the discount tickets at the door as well if you get a hold of Debbie three zero three seven four six eight one nine five. So this week, the culmination of gosh, I don't know, maybe more than a year to get a child adopted, and um, the mom had just popped into the child's life enough just to create instability and uncertainty and distrust and all kinds of stuff had a wonderful stepmom and biological dad who wanted the stepmom to become the legal mother and guardian for this child along with his dad and you know it's hard to terminate a parent's rights if they pop up and show up and and uh once in a while it, the courts bend over backwards to not strip a child from a parent. And so we kept getting our hearts broken. And and, uh, before I got involved in the case, there had been several prior attempts, I guess, that had been unsuccessful. So we just plotted our way through it. And Monday afternoon, we were in court. And it was just so exciting. The the child, now 13, was there. 
Um, the judge, you know, after we got through all the steps and, and established all of the predicates for a termination of parental rights and then an adoption by the new uh, the stepmom who is now really mom, hearing from the young man, the 13-year-old, about what he wanted and, and how excited he was. The judge had everybody clap and, and that was easy to do. Uh, came down off the bench and and shook hands. Young man's got a great handshake, and it was just so such a good feeling to be sitting next to somebody at the table in a courtroom crying and having them crying tears of joy. Because I can tell you, uh, that's not always the case in our family law work and our criminal defense work. It doesn't always turn out like that. So that was cool. We'd been working on that an awfully long time, and then Tuesday, um. I don't know, about 4 o'clock, I find out that uh, a, a young dad, probably in his late 20s, maybe early 30s, young dad from a state far away, uh, a southern state, apparently had found us uh, in a Google search. We were the first ones that popped up on the internet, and I'm so glad that we were because I had a five-year-old little girl. And uh, he and his wife had been separated for a couple of years. And by the way, had full permission to talk about this story. And she had shown up saying, hey, I want to take our baby girl to a family reunion and I'll bring her back by July 19th. And uh, so dad was suspicious because mom showed up and she had all of her – she had furniture. car was packed full. It seemed like just had all of her belongings. But – the mom said, no, I'm just taking some stuff out to the family reunion that I'm going to give away. So he let, let his daughter go. And the next – and she doesn't come back on the 19th. Um, the next thing he learns is that the daughter has been transported to Colorado. And the mom had moved in with her, uh, her own mother – her dad and her grandmother and the little girl temporarily right here in, uh, in the metro area. But then the grandmother threw the daughter out because she would not tolerate the mom's new girlfriend. She didn't approve, I guess, of the same-sex relationship. And she said, look, you and my granddaughter, my great-granddaughter can stay, but not with your partner. So the mom, five-year-old daughter in tow, moves out of a home, an apartment, to a homeless encampment. And the way dad finds this out is, number one, the, one of the uh, in-laws reported it to him, and then he had a FaceTime conversation with his little five-year-old daughter from a tent in a homeless encampment. So he'd been in court in the southern state, and the court said, look, we, we don't have jurisdiction over mom. Unless you get her served with these divorce papers, we're ready to enter emergency orders and, and turn that child over to you until we can, you know, figure this thing out, but you've got to get her served. So his very smart lawyer there, getting ready to start a murder, first-degree murder trial um, this week, had some good conversations with him, um, explained to him, look, you better be ready to take action in Colorado when you get there. So find a lawyer when you go. We'll try and serve her. We'll do what we can, but you're going to have to enforce that order. In Colorado, we're going to have to get the child. So dad got a hold of us, and I didn't know anything about this uh, the day before. He came in Tuesday afternoon. I find out about 4 o'clock that uh, he's there. So I go in and sit down. Now, I've done these Uniform Child Custody Jurisdiction Enforcement Act and Parental Kidnapping 
uh, Prevention Act cases since 1998 when I first started um, practicing law. I was trained by one of the best, a former now retired judge or mentored. I shouldn't say trained, but I would call her and talk to her and get ideas about how to deal with these cases. And the statutes have changed and they've actually become uh, really better, I think, over time. So I sat in uh, because the lawyer in my firm he'd been dealing with just really didn't have any idea about how we were going to solve this problem. So the dad went out and uh, tried to find you know, where his daughter was, tried to find where the mom was. He staked out the, the grandfather's house, uh, the grandmother's house, and the I, – I don't know how to call these people because they all have different relationships to different people. So anyway, he staked out his in-law's apartment hoping to get a glimpse of his child. They pulled the child out of school. He knew what school they had put her into. They had pulled her out when they found out that he was coming. And uh, um, But we told him what we thought we could do. And what we thought we could do was put together an emergency petition for um, temporary emergency jurisdiction to give him temporary what is called a child custody determination under that uh, particular act that I was talking about. And it's a very powerful tool, rarely used, but very powerful tool. And if we could get in front of a judge and get an order and then find the child, we could get the child turned over to him. He could get back to his home state, and that home state um, court could then you know, take over the normal divorce, give him temporary emergency custody until mom got herself um, cleaned up or back and involved or whatever. So I'm, I'm writing the, the petition till 9 o'clock Tuesday night. And uh, finally got it filed. You have to file everything electronically. In the meantime, I'm talking to the dad. He's been to the apartment. He's been to the school. He's been to all of the in-laws, friends, and family that he is aware of from social media, from his prior history. No sign of mom's car. No sign of his baby girl. He camps out overnight outside of uh, the grandparents' apartment hoping to see the child. He sleeps in the car. He drives to the school at 7.30 and sits across the street where he can watch the, the line of kids being brought into school. He had gone to the school. The school had said, hey, we don't have anything from you. He'd called the police. The police said, you don't have any, we don't have any authority to help you because you don't have anything that says we should take this child from the mom or the grandparents and give her over to you. But he went back to the school to, to see if maybe she turned in because, you know, was brought to school. And we had told him, look, if, if you see her and she runs to you, you got her. Possession is is 99% of the law in a situation like that when there are no court orders. Once she's in your hands, they can't take her from you. But while she's in mom's hands, we can't take her from mom either without a court order. Nothing at the school. So meantime, we're over at the courthouse the next morning at 8 o'clock. And the clerk says, well, it hasn't been accepted yet. The electronic papers haven't been accepted yet. And we're thinking, you know, the, the more time goes by, the less chance we ever see this child or, or at least get to her quickly. And dad had a flight home that night, a job and a life, you know, to get back to in the southern state. So we got to another clerk and she worked her magic and she got the papers accepted. And then we had to wait and, and she worked and called around and she find, found us a judge, a judge who was willing to hear our emergency petition on no notice whatsoever. So we walk up, we go into the courtroom, and, and listen, you know, I've been practicing 24 years, so I know so many of the players who've been around. Never seen this judge before in my life. A young man, um, so I don't know how long he's been on the bench. Um, knew nothing about him. And the first thing that he says when he comes out and sits down is, look, look, counsel, I've, I've never done one of these um, 
uniform child custody cases. And the court is not comfortable. Uh, I don't know that I'm even going to hear this case without mom being present. So I asked him, you know, for permission to, you know, sort of lay out the 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 case, and I explained to him how the statute worked. It's a you you know, it's something that doesn't come up very often, and I'd been using it a long time. And two plus hours later, after a, a hearing where the judge gave full you know full measure of time for us to present everything that we knew this child had a medical a dental emergency going on was in pain and just other things that were going on we walked out of that courtroom with a court order that not only gave dad emergency temporary sole child custody but ordered police officers or any others who for whom this child may be seen by um to turn him to turn her over so dad on a hunch left the courtroom, went back to the grandparents' apartment, called the police, said, I've got a court order now. They came quickly, went in, knocked on the door. Grandparents at first were not – it was granddad and great-grandma's apartment. They were first a little resistant, but there was a police officer standing there. Baby girl was in there. They turned her over. She ran to her daddy. She was so happy. The last time he had talked to her, when he saw her living in a tent, she had said, when are you coming to get me, Daddy? You know, I mean, it's so hard, so hard. And he got her. He made his plane. And I got a text message from him when he got home in his southern state, now with that child intact and in possession and ready to go. And, uh, you know, it, it, it'll be solely the child will be solely his until mom gets her act together and um, and shows up to participate in that. Georgia proceeding, and our orders will go away. But I'll tell you what, those kinds of cases and those kinds of weeks don't happen. Usually it's fighting and slogging and, and stress and pressure and everything else, and it, it just elevated me so much to to see the picture of that little girl with her dad, and she actually talked to one of our lawyers. I wasn't there at the moment to, to hear the conversation, but uh, she just was so happy and excited to be going home. And that's why I've been so Freaking happy all week. So there you go. I do apologize to full lines. Um, we're going to talk to Tig on the other side. I'll keep it very, very short. Just one more pitch for the American military family um, gathering tonight. Salute to America's heroes, emceed by our own Stefan Tubbs tonight at 5 o'clock in Glendale. Uh, and then we'll get to every single one of your calls. So stay with us. Final segment for this Saturday's morning show, Wake Up with Randy Corcoran, 710 KNUS. Blake and I talking about being happy <laughs> during the break. Yeah, he, he asked me what song I was singing at the stoplight. I don't even know. I was not paying attention. Uh, just I was just blathering out um, all the joy that was welled up inside of me over this incredible week. And I hope you enjoyed the story. Some text messages coming in that say that you did. Uh, Tig did not pick up. So um, I sent him the number. We'll see if he calls in. We'll get, it gives me more time to spend with you. Here on the phones, let me just mention, though, Salute to America's Heroes tonight, 5 o'clock, Infinity Park Event Center in Glendale with Bernie Carrick, the former New York police commissioner. Tig Tigan will definitely be there. Dave Bray doing the music. Um, Navy veteran doing the rock and roll. I think he was from Madison Rising uh, was where the band that he used to be with. And our own Stefan Tubbs will be emceeing. And Gold Star Families will be there. Cindy Dietz was there at... Uh, uh, or Cindy Dietz was with us in the first hour, and uh, of course she's the mom of Danny Dietz, 
Colorado fallen hero. He would drive the Danny Dietz Highway periodically down there on Santa Fe. And you can get tickets for as low as $50 if you call Debbie. You can get them at the door as long as you connect with Debbie. Debbie's number, 303-746-8195-746-8195. right, let's get to the blazing phone calls. We'll start with Peter in Denver. Peter, thanks for waiting. Welcome. Well, good morning, Randy. Morning. Uh, I like the stories you just had about the uh, adoption and the custody case. It was great, really man. Good. Yeah, great to hear positive things. And you move into Saturday uh, early evening, 5 to 7, works for me because I'm an early riser. And I like to get my errands done before, like, early noon. But, you know, when you're out in the car, you're in and out of the car, I'm usually giving someone a ride. I can't pay attention. So you screwed me up. I used to wait till noon to go out. <laughs> <laughs> That's great to hear, Peter. And, and you know, I'm excited so worked, about it. You go ahead. Yeah, and that worked for me. And uh, I know next week you're going to see if you can take names for the new program, but I have a suggestion. You can go back to your old promo when they used to come on at noon on Saturday as being the only live, strong, conservative voice on Saturdays. Ah. That would work. <laughs> Denver's only live, local. Yeah, 710. I get it. Um, yeah, you get it. Oh, you I get, get it. it. Got it. I get it. Got it. Thank you, Peter. All right, man. Take care. All right. And I heard the promo for uh, for Deb. Deb Flora will be on uh, starting every weekday, three o'clock to four o'clock in the afternoon. So Steph uh, Stefan's going to go back to a normal three hour show. It sounds like, and that's pretty cool. Maybe we'll get her on next Saturday just to talk very briefly about that show. I'll break my not going to do any guests pledge, but just to talk to a fellow host. Um, and interestingly enough, I'll be filling in for Stefan Tubbs on Labor Day, so I'll be able to certainly have her on that evening to promote the start of her new show the following Tuesday. And then next week will be my last morning show, 9 to noon. I'll be moving to 5 p.m. on Saturdays. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how many of you come along based on the text messages and everything. It sounds like uh, I'll be – I will not be alone on my Saturday evenings, but I really am looking forward to it. Let's get to Richard and uh, Richard, I don't know where you're calling from, but welcome. Yeah, hi, Randy, North Glen, and uh, I will be moving over to your new show, new time slot. Cool, man, thanks. Yeah, Randy, so right after that raid on Mar-a-Lago, uh, within a day or two, Sebastian Gorka came on TV uh, to use his big mi- megaphone, and he said, I hereby call on all you men and women FBI agents who went to Mar-a-Lago, you need to turn in your badge and your gun Right now, yeah, that's a that is a big throwdown, isn't it? That is a big is. call out. And uh, he said that he said my wife and I have a consulting company, and I train FBI agents. Well, and we, you know, I read some of the comments from a whistleblower. Well, I guess that wasn't the whistleblower; it was a former assistant director of the FBI. Um, John Solomon says that he's got uh, whistleblowers as well that we're going to be hearing from. So. Apparently, there are some yeah, folks. And, and Go ahead. That's right. And Senator Grassley also has whistleblowers. That's right. I heard that. I read that. Well, Richard, thank you very much for calling. I do thank appreciate you. it. Thank Richard's line is open. We'll get back to the phones here in just a second. But, uh, you know, people are saying, um, well, looking at some of the text messages, man, give nine to noon a shot. Uh, Peter Boyles is back. Radio icon. And uh, disagreements can be powerful Disagreements can be good radio if people will allow it. You know, I always throw down um, the gauntlet and say, look, anybody with a microphone, anybody with a camera, anybody with a blog and a keyboard, 
that says uh, we got to shut down the MAGA movement. We got to shut down uh, people who are insisting on truth and transparency in our elections. The people I refer to as the election fraud deniers. Um, just pick a state, pick a topic. Give me 10, 15, 20 minutes, but let's keep it on a narrow issue and let's see who's right or wrong or let's get our competing set of facts and views out and let people make the decision. That's all I'm about. And uh, so, you know, with only one three-hour segment every week, you know, obviously I spend an awful lot of time just punching back and, and pushing forward, but I would love the debate. Nobody seems to want to do it. All right. Mark has been waiting. Mark and Sedalia, welcome. Hey, uh, can you hear me? Sure. Hello? Yep. Okay. Yeah, uh, Randy, you're great. Thank you very much for what you do, number one. Thank you. Number two, I've listened to Dick, I've listened to Dick Morris for a lot of years. He's been right about some things and wrong. He was wrong about Romney. Remember, Romney was going to beat Obama like a, you know what? So... I listened to you a few minutes ago. It's extremely depressing to hear what he's predicting as to what's, what's coming. How do people like you and me, how do we find a way through this? How can we find a positive message about this? And how does this, what's the end game? How does this play out? Yeah, what a great question. And of course, Mark, you know, I my foundational starting point is start on your face, start on your knees, start with a morning prayer asking for strength and guidance and the truth and yep. and strength. Yep. And then and then remain optimistic. Don't buy into the mainstream media or the corrupt coordinated democrat controlled media machine narrative, the the early polling that's coming out, the things that try and tell us yep. that we're, you know, we're the crazies on the outside that need to be done away with. It's absolute Nonsense. Be of good cheer. We're in the. We are living through a great yeah. awakening, and our country is either going to. So. We're either going off the cliff, or we're uh, yeah. or we're having a great new um, emergence of of freedom and optimism and security and prosperity in this country. Yeah. I choose to believe the latter because nobody can prove me wrong just yet. So why not be excited about gearing up for that fight? Well, I appreciate that. I, I. I just, I've never seen the this ratcheted up. I've, I've been around since the 60s. I've never seen the discourse uh, and the division. It's worse than the 60s. Um, and they've escalated everything that they've, I mean, it used to be we'd have a, we'd have a, an argument in the halls of Congress. Yeah. Now they've got, the FBI and the IRS, Lois Lerner. I mean, this is nuclear war. And I and and, and Mark, uh, we're going to run out of time, but I just want to comment sorry, on your excellent sorry, no, no, on your excellent points. Though is it's in part because of social media. It's because in part because yeah. we have a twenty four hour news cycle, and we have allowed our schools to to brainwash yeah. our children. And so, but we're I awake. Know. We're awake now. Look what's happening on school boards. Look what's happening in primaries. Yeah. Look. What's happening with MAGA? And you heard Dick Morris. He had just gotten off the phone with Donald Trump. Donald Trump is is infuriated and infused with energy, and he's not backing down. Neither will we. Thank you, Randy. God Take bless care. you, sir. Absolutely. Absolutely. People are asking um, next week, the last 9 to noon show for me. I'll be moving to 5 p.m. 
um, starting on September 10th. I'll be filling in for Stefan Tubbs on Labor Day, so that'll be fun, a couple of Mondays from now. And then I am speaking at the Parker Conservatives Gathering at Deep Space Parker on September 7th at 6 p.m. Deep Space, tremendous facility there. Looking forward to being the featured speaker that night. So I'll remind you about that tomorrow. We'll do probably, or next week, we'll probably do no guests, except maybe Deb Flora to talk about her new show. Um, just want to spend my time with you on my final Saturday morning, 9 to noon here on 710 KNUS, but they are not making me go away. All right, that's it. You hear the music. Sorry to the callers on the line. I did my very best. Tig texted in. He said he could not get a good signal. I got a message for him from a texter. I'll share that very soon. But always remember, please never forget, I'm Randy Corcoran. God loves you. So do I. And there's one thing that you cannot let go of. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the f*** he wants. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.